Friday and you're listening to TGIF, the podcast that brings you all the hilarious conversations about your favourite or not so favourite horror movies. I'm your host Kat and this week I am joined once again by my favourite horror newbie, Ryan Betson from The Pop Culturalist. Welcome back. Hey man, it's been a, been a long while. I know, we've been talking about doing this for ages. Yeah, it was one of those things that once we wrapped up Candyman, we're like, haha, that movie was bad, what can we do next? <laughs> Let's do something else equally terrifying. <laughs> but also, lots better. Lots better. Although I did like Candyman. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, I really enjoyed the, the whole experience, and I and I think, I think I said this to you at the back end of last year. Was like, I, doing that show with you was probably one of the best laughs I had in all of 2020. Aww, and I, cause I just, th- I think back to it, and it, it's it's just brilliant. I start chuckling again at my desk or wherever I happen to be sitting, just <laughs> rethinking this movie. Uh, it, it was absolutely good. It was absolutely blast, I'm, and I'm very happy to be back. Oh, that's so exciting! I um, yeah, that oh, that means so much. No, it was it was it was, it was awesome. Yeah, because even then, like, because afterwards, I was like, oh, maybe I should give this horror movie thing a bell. So I had like this two week stint. I had this big hyper focus on fucking uh, horror movies for a couple of weeks, and I watched like Scream, and because I'd never seen Scream before. What did you think? Did you watch uh, the whole series? No, just the first one. I had intentions, but like they're on like all different platforms. I'm like, oh, this is too much effort. Yeah. So I watched the first one because having not seen it before, like my only connected to it was, uh, it was a scary movie. And I was genuinely baffled by how awesome. And I, if anything, it made me respect scary movie further because it's yeah. so beautifully remade like the movie. And the fact but that- it doesn't scary- give away the ending. It does, but it doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's like, it's some scenes are beat for beat. Some scenes are shot for shot. Like, there was a crane shot outside of the school, which was identical. Like, you remember the crane shot? Yeah, I'm like, remember that. Because, like, there are, because I've watched Scary Movie so many times when I was growing up. Like, I just, it's like a lot of it's burnt in my brain. And there's some things, it's just, I'm like, wow. And it's weird not seeing, like, Anna Faris, you know? Yeah, you're just like, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. And then having just watched, um, you know, the the David Arquette documentary, like, you know, You Cannot Kill David Arquette, all about his return to independent wrestling. And then watching him be like, I uh, I can't remember what his character's name in Scream is, but it's Doofy in uh, Scary Movie. is dewey dewey thank you dewey. Yeah. yeah and it's just like watching that i can't take it seriously knowing that like doofy's that but then also <laughs> knowing that i just saw him take a you know fluorescent life light bulb to the back of the face you know it's just like watch the rest of the series and you will have so much respect for david arquette in that oh, role yeah? as dewey absolutely he is just i really i really love him in the series yeah, well, I'm in. I go. I have to sit through it because uh, then, on top of that, I I also watched one that had been in my Netflix uh, list for the longest time, which was uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Also, you watched the series. Yeah, so nice. good. I love it. It was really, so really good, and it's kind of. I think what I loved about it because it's a lot of it feels very similar to the movie we're discussing today, which is The Conjuring. There's a lot yeah. of sort of connective tissue between these two, and I and knowing that I loved The Conjuring so much. And I got a lot of vibes here. Like, I was like, I was almost going to be a shoe in Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I liked The Haunting of Hill House. And then they followed up with uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. And I stopped watching that show after like three episodes. I was just like, eh. And then I read an episode guide to see what happened to the rest. Did it pay off? Uh, just, I did the right thing, in my opinion. <laughs> Made the right call. 
I invested my time elsewhere. Ah, good decision. Good decision. So one thing we talked about at the back end of last show was how I was sort of fell into the, I keep falling into these YouTube holes of like found <laughs> footage. My son has joined me. So my Excellent. son, so my son is four, and we forever watch spooky videos uh, on YouTube. So it's the same same channels that I mentioned last time, which was like Sir Spooks and Chills and Slapped Ham and all those sort of like you know top ten ghost videos on the internet. And he and I just watch them together, and he gets like super into them. And I, like, I, I don't know what it's going to mean for him later on, but right now it's <laughs> fun. It's possible. It's possible, but like he has a blast no, with it. You know, I'll I'll take the hit in a couple of years for that. This is it's just fun right now. You but know, you're and, saying he likes to go ghost hunting. He wants to go ghost hunting. Yeah, That's pretty so much. Amazing. Which I, with the worst thing is like I, you know, sometimes I'm get all like oh, that. That video might be a little bit too good. You know, like he's a little bit too real, and he not even he doesn't flinch. I've not seen him get scared once. Wow, kids are just so weirdly resilient when yeah. it comes to that stuff maybe because they just don't believe it so they're like oh whatever it's not real that's Go true ahead. one of them either goes oh, that ghost looks like dylan I'm like no it doesn't but like that's how i guess that's how we process it like that's dylan I'm like yeah sure so dylan's already for, obviously a, a friend of mine but it's, it's, if that's who he is to you that's cool like, with me sweet. <laughs> <laughs> this episode we're talking about the conjuring and i know i said to you way back when um on our very first episode Mm. um so that i wasn't a fan of supernatural horror yes yes and lately i've been watching so much supernatural horror um that i'm not necessarily that upset by it anymore Mm. because like yeah i remember you were saying was there was a yeah like sort of you're happy with slashes. You're happy with, you know, sort of like that that side, but like, you don't, you know, don't fuck with the supernatural. I'm pretty sure it was the yeah, exact no, point. now I'm into it. Yeah. I watched Sinister, uh, which I promised myself a bazillion years ago when it first came out in 2012 that I would never watch it again. Mm. And I had a guest choose it as their movie. And when I watched it, I was like, holy fuck, this is a good movie. Yeah. And then I watched number two because I needed to know what happened to the police officer in the movie. So I was like... And the guest had said to me, it's going to be disappointing, but at least you see what happens. She was right. Um, <laughs> very disappointing. I watched Anything for Jackson, which is streaming exclusively on Shudder, um, where these like two grandparents kidnap a pregnant woman and basically they're doing a reversed exorcism to put the spirit of their dead grandson inside her unborn baby. Rad. And there's just some really unique things that they do with like the spirits and stuff that are trying to come back into this body and use it as a vessel. Yeah. And it's it's got some bits where I'm just a little bit, eh, could have done without that. But all in all, I freaking loved it. So anyone who hasn't seen anything for Jackson, definitely check it out on Shutter. I loved it. I loved it. Nice. But other than that, um, The Conjuring. And The Conjuring 2 is was on last year's pledge list and I still haven't watched it. <laughs> well, I think now that, you know, you've seen, you've, you've, you've rewatched the first, maybe this can be that stepping. Cause like I'm in that same boat. <clears throat> Cause I, I, from recollection, I liked two better than one. Okay. Cause it's about the Enfield poltergeist. Yeah. Which is a fantastic um, story in general, but the only issue I have with it is that basically Ed and Lorraine weren't allowed in, 
to the house at all mm. or to investigate. So I guess that the story that was written around it is very farcical. And I know that it's always just based on a true story. So I just thought it'd be cool if they were more involved, like actually. Yeah. Well, because I think that's that's a bit different with, with the, this one. Like the, the original is that like, yeah, this... Like they were quote unquote in as in you know involved as the real life yeah because like so have you, do you know much of the, of the original backstory around this movie um i've looked into it today i was having having a read through and um basically i know that the family lived there for about 10 years and that these things did happen to them but ed and lorraine didn't weren't really that involved with what was happening at the house mm. Okay, so there is some high creative liberty here. Yeah, and the girl, the eldest daughter that is actually in this film, Andrea, she wrote her own book about what had happened to the family and said that um, a lot of what happened and what she wrote in her book is, you know, creative flair being added to the story. So she does admit that she took, like, a little bit of liberty with that. Okay. And she did, I think she did consult on the film too like she came in and was like yeah do this and do that and blah 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 mad not a bad thing because you know quite a good movie but yeah so for for, for background uh the the movie follows yeah ed and lorraine uh warren who were paranormal investigators in the 70s uh they uh they get involved with a family a family of seven like a mother father and uh five daughters daughters Uh, i say that and i'm i've got there's four of me, like four of me. <laughs> There's four daughters in my family. <laughs> like an extra one wouldn't be that much. That's true. It wouldn't really add a whole lot. But yeah, so that they uh, uh, move into this house uh, in the middle of fuck knows where, and it's a situation of things just go- start going down. They are in um, Harrisville, Rhode Island. Yes, there we go. So they've moved from New Jersey. Yeah. But before we get into that, so the film was directed by James Wan, who we all know from the Saw series and the Conjuring verse anyway. So we've and got Aquaman, if you want oh, to really? know that for some reason. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Maybe I did. Maybe he doesn't want to admit it. Uh, I remember that being one of the selling points. I'm like, oh shit. Um, Why is James, James Wan doing Aquaman? Like, what are they going to do with this? Oh, <laughs> it, not, not, not what I wanted. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. <laughs> But he, so he's put together this really amazing universe with um, the Conjuring films. They've got a new one coming out this year, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, which is about, uh, basically, I think they're investigating whether or not a serial killer or a mass murderer, I'm not too sure, actually committed this heinous crime that he committed because he basically goes to court and says, the devil made me do it, I was possessed. And I think this is the first time Ed and Lorraine had anything to do with an actual live court case. Mm. Because I do remember reading a little bit about um, this case when they announced the film. And then obviously Insidious, Insidious 2, the new Insidious coming out this year, and also what's The Nun and Annabelle. Yeah, so because I like I remember I, was, I saw the first one, I saw the second one. I didn't see Annabelle, I didn't see the nun because they looked the, the idea of the idea of spin. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is a spinoff, so I'm probably not feeling it because they weren't the things that I took away from from this movie, like yeah. all the the all the sequel. Like I didn't look at this movie going, oh, I want to know more about Annabelle. Not what I wanted to know. I want to know more about. I want to know one. anything about possessed dolls. Yeah, 
uh yeah so like i i just i remember that i now that you say like when you said there was a third one i was like oh shit but then i kind of remembered that being the case and i didn't know about like the story maybe i just saw the title and was like yeah yeah i think it's going to be really good because um the exorcism of emily rose which is something very um similar that there's a court case and they're trying to protect the priest who commit uh who did the exorcism on emily rose and you know she ended up dying and whatnot and so i find it very interesting that um church state and all of these other things kind of come together in some court cases and it seems to be during a very uh similar period of time Mm. which i find interesting i just love the idea of trying to sort of create evidence about the paranormal which which, how do you do it and because you know if 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 they win that case, that's, you know, in terms of a real world scenario, like yeah. if they win that case and they can provide, you know, hard evidence to convict someone based on the paranormal <laughs> at situation of that's massive. Yeah. You, like legally prove that the devil exists. That's insane, huh? Or, yeah. or legally prove that possession can happen yeah. or that, yeah, it's just nuts. It's, but it's really incredibly cool because I really love movies with um, like religious iconography and possession and whatnot. I don't know why I just find religion really fascinating when it comes to this kind of stuff because it feels like it transcends across different cultures, like being possessed and yeah. and how people deal with it. I mean, we've only really seen it from the Catholic Church perspective in Western films. So maybe I need to broaden my horizons and see how it's done in other other cultures and their horror films because like i because I, I agree with you in that sense because like the the reason i tend to like supernatural focused horror is because it like there's a groundedness to that for me which is super weird because yeah. by definition it's not but i mean you know uh, uh jason Voorhees, very unlikely that could ever really happen but like, there's that little bit of that a little seed in my brain of like, maybe there is a ghost in that wardrobe. I'm like, oh my god, you know, what I mean, like, that's enough possible realism for me to like, yeah, I'd, I'd actually get that genuine horror feeling. Like, I'm not gonna have the horror feeling of someone with a machete running around attacking people. Like, no. it's just as possible. If anything, it's fucking more possible. But like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's silly enough to not be. Something that you think about and go, yeah. oh my God, my life is at risk right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural horror does that for me. Maybe just because like, I've seen some shit. My family's seen some shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, I'm next. Yeah. It's one of those things. I'm like, yeah, like we've all, we've all had some, you can ask anyone and someone's had some sort of relatively paranormal experience. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's enough to make it all kind of like fucking cool and, you know, interesting. But also enough for me. Yeah, and, and and I find a lot of supernatural, uh, sorry, supernatural paranormal horror, like very similar to The Conjuring, have that such a great build of tension, because a lot of it is about what you can't see. And I, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, uh, advocate of, especially when it comes to horror games as well. It, it's it, your brain will always make something better than whatever they show you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where our fear processing units in the brain are like on overdrive because mm. we're pumping them full of adrenaline and 
and even dopamine because people do enjoy being scared and so you get this really um conflicting feeling in your brain and excitement and you know you're gonna like shit your pants any minute Mm. and it's just i think that's why i like supernatural horror coming from someone who did like i was someone who didn't like supernatural horror like i was adamant i hated it but lately i've seen so many amazing films that i'm just like i can't deny it can't deny it it's just i'm into it well like if all you've done is to diversify your horror fandom like you know you've just kind of like locked it in i'm not gonna lie i did like the insidious movie that was kind of cool the concept i've never seen it ah it's it's worth the watch it's it's enjoyable it's one, it one of those ones, there's like 17 of them now. I'm like, ah, oh, it seems silly. No, that's Paranormal Activity. Ah, yeah. And there's a new one coming out this year too. Oh, the really? Year, the first yeah. Paranormal Activity, I remember being like, not like, I remember they had all the trailers and the people were pooping themselves. And I was like, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I refuse to believe that. And I was that a little was bit me. on edge, but I wasn't like, it was, it was enough for me to be like, mm, I feel uncomfortable. But I'm not going to like squirm and scream in my seat like like the trailers had led you to believe. The bit that got me was just like the second one where there's like the cult out in the front yard and yeah. you're just like, you had me until then. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, like the conjuring itself, even though I'm, I'm about to praise the living crap out of this film, it is, <laughs> it is a situation of like, once they showed it, that's not a sentence. Once they shown what this, the, the big baddie is, I yeah. felt the movie lost a lot of its impact. Yeah, and I I agree because I was watching through it today and I was just like, oh, I preferred the sounds, the noises, yeah. the potential of something there, the the intensity of something actually being there. But once you do see the uh the spirit, it's like, oh. Yeah, cuz so there are sorry for for context as we're saying, so there are a family of seven living in this house. A uh, family. Yeah, and then a a bunch of uh, uh spooky things happen and the sort of like noises and doors and they discover like uh, this uh, basement and once the this the essentially the seal to the basement is open, things start happening in the house. Uh and then eventually they get to a point where the warrants get involved and <laughs> and uh, wackiness ensues. <laughs> cuz they when they first move into their house, they are uh, their dog literally is just like, no, nah, fuck you. Uh, yeah, dog's like, I don't like this house. And the ghost's like, I don't like you either, dog. I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you're you're moving into a new house, right? Yeah. Um, and your dog or your cat or your llama, whatever you own, refuses to enter the home, um, do you go in? Uh, well, now that you're pointing it out, maybe. I don't know. Like, I would go, I'd be like, what the hell, dog? Like, no, I, know. I'm I, not going in there. I know dogs and cats see shit. Yeah. I, I thought the dog would just, like, didn't like the new house. Like, that happens. Dogs don't like new things. Yeah, true. Dogs want to mess up new things. So yeah. why didn't it go into the house? Yeah, just start, start chewing at the air, you know? <laughs> see, my cat just sits in the hallway and stares into space. I'm like, mm, Pickles, what are you looking at? Yeah, see, like, yeah. And that's are you watching? The... What the fuck are you watching? Saying that, though, like, the second, you know, like, they lived there for a good, I don't know, fucking four hours, and the dog just <laughs> randomly died. Ah, it was overnight. <laughs> yeah, that that would lead me to believe, like, you know what, this place is a bit fucked. Yeah. Like, the dog was perfectly fine, didn't want to come inside, dead. Dead. Nah, like, nah, man. Yeah. That's when I'd leave. Maybe when the dog died, I'd leave. But the same night, like, before the dog dies, that's when they find the, um, the, 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 I'm writing my lips in for an idiot. Um, 
the stairs to a cellar. Yeah. Now, because the girls are playing hide and seek and hide and clap, like their version of hide and seek. And one of the girls is in this closet under the stairs. And when she's found, um, she, you know, crashes into the side it's of the It's fucking spear tackled. Like, yeah. he, he gets this douche and then blows apart this secret wall. And now, look, this is the part where I let everyone know that they kept the wall, boarded up, and that's the end of the movie. They all live happily ever after. Oh, what a, what a story. What a movie. Isn't that nice? Hmm. Hmm. That's not what happened. No, of course uh, not. No, because that's only like five minutes into the movie. Although I wouldn't mind if that's where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> like that, there's not enough, there's not enough horror that gives you that build up. You go, oh shit, there's something in there. Credits. Yeah, done. Sorry. Well, it and it's me- just like lived happily ever after it's like a star wars credits yeah where they have like the story and stuff and they kind of fill in the blacks you know you know well i i, I <laughs> want to be more like one of those 80s comedies where everyone they freeze frame and then yes! it ca- and down the bottom it says what happened to them yeah and it's like oh you know warren did this this and this and this and he's still doing <laughs> this and i was like oh warren uh, you... you never changed and <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i love the two sisters that share a room together, Christine yeah. and Nancy, yep. because they do they say the funniest fucking teenage girls bullshit. So <laughs> <laughs> this is still like the first night. So Christine feels someone tugging at her feet. So yep. Christine is, I think, maybe the second eldest or maybe uh, the middle child. I yep. think. And um, after a night of rambunctious fun. Carolyn wakes up with a massive bruise on her leg and blames her husband for the rough, sexy time they had. Yeah, that's like, what were you doing with the bonking? Like, I'm pretty sure I'd know if I broke your shin. Yeah, like, you'd feel that last night. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. You know, saying that, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to to poo-poo their bonking. Like, if you're all, I know they could be that passionate. She's just throwing him, you know, it's being thrown around. I'm not going to judge them. I don't kink shame here. This podcast is not for kink shaming. That's right. They, they can they can bonk their into their old paranormal as they want. I don't care. Good town. <laughs> but the bruise is really brutal. Yeah, it looks like yeah. like shout out to makeup. That's some brutal looking bruises. Yeah, that looks painful. I can only imagine, you know, like if you actually had a bruise that looked like that. Yeah. It hurt. Fun fun fact, she was one of those like thespian actors and just whacked it into a table real hard. No, I'm just kidding. What's a thespian actor? Yeah, it's one of those like super act- or method actors, you know, like the big kind oh! of like Oh, yeah, they're like, they're, they're like the super oh, wow. over, uh, missed yeah, really, really for a weird reference. Uh, uh, yes. Toy Story, Toy Story 3, the little hedgehog, Mr. Prickle Pants, he is a th- oh, yeah. he's a thespian actor, <laughs> the one that commits to the bit, you know. Oh, I love it, yeah, I love him. Mr. Prickle Pants. <laughs> That's what I should have named my cat, damn it. Um, it's and- me, Pickle Pants, yeah, Mrs. Pickle Pants. Oh. Either way, they didn't. They went into the the, the mystery wall hole. Well, he did um, that night. Sorry, that night he went in with his little um, he had matches. Yeah. And then I've got to remember it's the nineteen seventies because yeah. I was like, why are you just turn the fucking light switch on? <laughs> well, he tried, and the power wasn't working apparently, but it totally worked. Oh. Better. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's um, like he flicks it, nothing works. happens, but then like there's no electrician ever comes out to the house, but miraculously <laughs> it works later. Maybe one of the daughters is like a like electrical engineer. Oh, it's very possible. There's five of them. But one of them's got to be good at it. Yeah. Isn't that what you have kids for? Yeah, that's right. Just to fix shit around the house. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that's why my mom had like six kids. (laughs) Which one of which one of of you is the electrical engineer? Oh, probably my my second youngest brother. Oh, shout out to him. Well, he's a he was a panel beater. Oh, nice. So if I mean like closest, and then he wanted to do like um audio engineering. So I guess that's the same. Like it's wise electricity oh, it's good to know that if you find a random seller in this new house and the lights don't work you can give him a buzz that's my brother. yeah that's all right either um, way he goes in there with his matches <laughs> and it's all like dark except for the like oh there's a piano yeah i don't know how he sees that in there yeah I I, I I don't know how they got that down there like the pivot the pivot on that turn to get down to the like it's the most like if they built the fucking piano down there there is no <laughs> way that it meets that little L-shaped turn to get it down down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd just be a nightmare to carry. It, like, can you imagine, like, the physiotherapy you need after that? Oh, big time. Like, you know, where's Ross yelling a pivot on that one? Like, there's and there was no, you know, the, the classic uh, wooden side doors, that, you know, every tornado movie ever. That ha- oh, tornado. yeah. Like, um, cellar doors? Yeah, yeah exactly. To a cellar. <laughs> who would have thought? Um <laughs> Yeah, so they just I don't know how they constructed this piano. It like, is it a cellar or a basement? Because... It's technically a basement from how yeah. I see it, but like, you know, here in Australia, neither of them are common. So I don't yeah. know. I was explaining this to somebody uh, a couple of episodes back. I was like, yeah, we don't do basements here. Saying that though, I wish I had one because oh, I'd, be I'd, 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 that'd make that little studio space. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Ned's like, can we build a basement? I was like, I don't even know if we're legally allowed to. Yeah. That's the one thing. And even on top of that as well, when they're like, you know, because the Warrens at some point go to this lady's house and they're all like, oh, it's just the fucking pipes in your roof. Yeah. And now I'm like, do we have pipes in our roof? We have it in our walls and stuff. Yeah, it's all in the walls and under the house. Like, I don't think, because we don't have, these attics aren't as common either, so there's not just random exposed, like, pipes go. Because our thermostats wouldn't go up into the, to the attic. Yeah. That's like, American buildings are so weird. They're always so large. Yeah, (laughs) they're so large. Because, like, (laughs) it's the same thing, I'm like, look at this house, like, this house is giniferous, and you have, like, 17 kids, so it makes sense. But, like, It's just like, where are these giant houses? Who has the money? Like, this guy's... People in Rhode Island? Yeah, like, this guy is, you know, the old old papa is a uh, a truck driver. Mum, I don't know what she did. But, like, where they get the dollary dudes to, to get this house? I don't know. Unless that was disclosed that, like, look, there's a real fucking mean spirit in it and they just forgot. Well, they didn't. Yeah. Because you find out later there's an interview and she basically says, we bought it at auction, so we didn't know what happened here. And then I found out somewhere mm-hmm. that the state of Rhode Island does not require home sellers to disclose documented histories of a location's criminal activity. Oh, damn. Look at you coming out with the actual facts. Yep, to potential buyers. So they don't have to let anybody know if someone fucking died in that house. Mad. Well, they found out pretty quick, though. Yeah, well, I mean, they found out within, like, a matter of a week. <laughs> it's a pretty intense week. It's a pretty intense week. Um, over the next few nights at the house, um, there's lots of paranormal activity that goes on. Um, doors are opening and closing. Christine's feet are getting dragged around. Blankets are coming off. Um, Clocks are stopping at 3.07. 
Yes, they do note that. I um I forgot to write that in my notes. I wrote it later and I was like, that's not going to make any sense mm. later in my notes, but I'm keeping it here. <laughs> and this scene is the start of when it gets really tense. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Carolyn, the mother, is playing hide and clap with April because no one usually lets her play. And so she's like, Mom, come and play hide and clap with me. Um, and she ends up in Christine and Nancy's bedroom that has this gigantic wardrobe. Yeah. And Carolyn thinks that April's hiding in this cupboard, right? And, she, you know, she's saying, second clap. And she opens the cupboard um, and... I think she asks for the third clap. Yeah, so the rules of the hide and clap is you get three claps and then that's it. Yeah. So if you're not found within the three claps, you'll they the hiders win. Yeah. And when she opens the cupboard, um, so the, so, gets, yeah, so the cupboard opens sort of by itself. It's it's like oh, that's right. a little yeah. creaking and then she's like, All right, where's the th- you know, where's the second clap? Little hands peek out of the of the wardrobe. And that's the shit that I love. Like that's there's some of these little details that I effing love in this movie. Um, yeah. she turns around, she gets all friendly with the, uh, with the cupboard and yeah, she's sort of hearing this weird breathing and it's this uncomfortable tension and, and then they, like the daughter's behind her the whole time. She's like, what are you fucking doing in here, mum? Cause what I forgot to mention is that before they played this game of hide and clap, April had asked her mum to have a look at her music box and that when the music stops, if you look into the mirror behind you will be Rory, who is her new friend. Her new invisible friend, assuming. yeah. Pardon? Her new invisible friend thing, yeah. Yeah, which I'm guessing most parents would, you know, shrug off that as an invisible friend. I mean, I wouldn't. No. I could get the fuck out of my house so quick. Yep. I'd be out. I've watched too many movies. Because that's the other thing as well, because as I mentioned, you know, with my son really getting into ghost hunting videos now, you know, for him, it's like, there's a ghost over there. I'm like, what? He goes, I'm like, what? It's like, no, it's a pretend one. I'm like, thank you for clarifying, because that changes everything. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so she looks at the music and like shout out to the movie again for like building tent because the idea is you have to play the music box and when the music stops, uh, there's a little uh, mirror and the mirror rotates and a little clown goes up and down, which is horrifying enough. But when the, yeah. when the mirror stops is when they're let you know, you'll see Rory behind you. Um, yeah, and you talk about build up of tension because you've got the creepy, uh, you know, you know, uh, music box audio, which is horrifying in and of itself, and yeah, you're it watching is. it spin, knowing that like, oh, am I gonna see it at the end of this? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, no, I don't. Ghost children scare me. Yeah, ghost children are gross. Um, because you know, obviously, we know that a lot of children. Uh, sorry, a lot of demons present themselves as children mm. and a lot of inhuman spirits will present themselves as children because they can connect to the more uh, vulnerable people, yeah. i.e. children. Uh, no, thanks. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that hard. You're out. No. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they, 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 yeah. Tr- they trick you and you go, ah, oh, you dirty bastards. They just make- like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. But there's some there's some comic relief through these parts of the movies because the girls are all blaming each other for farting. Because <laughs> yeah. um, there's this sulfur smell, there's this little de- yeah. this demon. It's like, oh my God, stop yeah. farting. And it's like, oh no, no, sweetie, if only you knew what that smell was. <laughs> it's not going to be okay. No, it's not. You wish, it's it, not. you wish it were farts. 
Yeah. You, you're gonna, yeah. You're going to be wishing someone was sharpening in your bedroom. <laughs> On top of your cupboard. Um, now, Cindy is the kid that creeps me out the most. Mm-hmm. Because she's a sleepwalker in the family. Yeah, just headbutt. Yeah, she's previously sleptwalked in the house and, you know, they just put her back to bed. So you kind of get a background that she is a sleepwalker. And um, on this particular occasion, Andrea, uh, who, you know, Cindy is going into her room and banging her head against the wardrobe in Andrea's room, um, which is also like a big wooden, uh, really old. Yeah, yeah. think like the the wardrobe from the, you know, like the Chronicles of Narnia, but with less like yeah. lines and tumness. Yeah, don't go in the cupboards yeah. in this house. No. And she's banging her head on the wardrobe. Andrea puts Sydney to bed, but something continues banging. Um Yeah, I think you've jumped ahead. You've ju- you've jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So but we're we're connected. Because cause like that happens a little bit later. There is a situation where she uh approaches there she there's tw- two times that she sleepwalks into the wardrobe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the second time is when, and yeah, when it, where the sister helps her to bed. The first time yeah. the dad comes in and escorts her back to her room. So we don't, yeah. no spookies in that specific specific moment. No, but there's spookies in this one. Yes. And um, this is the catalyst scene for why um, Carolyn goes and gets Ed and Lorraine's help, because um, uh, as Andrea is going to check on the closet, Sydney is looking. You just that creepy her. like under you know for comparison the undertaker get up you know it's just like the no the the, the incredible core strength of just sitting up without like yeah. any assistance. oh that just creeps me out and just the stare on her face is so fucking cold yeah and um andrea is attacked by a woman that is on top of the cupboard yep who is also played by the guy who composed the music for what? this film. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was also the lipstick ghost in Insidious. Okay. And he's been in a few of James Wan's films, like doing music, but also acting, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. So while this is happening, Carolyn is locked in the cellar. Because she's been following claps around the place, yeah. thinking her children are awake, uh, even though they're meant to be asleep. And this is a scene that I know that you really like. Yes. Yeah. Because it's fucking horrifying. Oh, so, cause we're com- so we're coming to learn that there's multiple spirits, like we get this a little bit later, but there's m- multiple spirits within the house. There is sort of one overarching, um, sort of the, the key demonic spirit, and there's a couple that are sort of anchored to the location via this this um this demon right so we're and we're seeing that sort of play out so we're seeing the woman in this room we hear about the the child or is it rory and then we hear about two other ones that we sort of glimpse at a little bit later yeah. so we're seeing there's little activities at different parts like earlier uh, this happens a little bit earlier on or i think around about that same it's time not yeah, yeah. So like we're, you know rory is runs down this the, the, the presumed rory ghost run down runs down the stairs to hear a child laughter all the all the the frames come off the wall blow apart all that sort of stuff uh but yeah the scene specifically so uh lorraine and uh, not lorraine what's the mum's name again Carolyn. Carolyn, thank you. So Carolyn is led into the basement. Uh, she gets like sucker punched by this ghost, falls down, and then gets all oh. creepy down there. She gets up, lights go, uh, the light blow, the light globe blows out. 
she's sitting on the stairs and you hear which is something i didn't pick the first time i didn't hear the the um the the child's voice saying do you want to play clap and you know hide clap. clap um yeah and then she's sitting at the top of the stairs and pitch black you know the the, the box of matches the smoking gun has left a little bit earlier on you know dad's left the, the matches on the stairs she lights them nothing goes out she lights it again these little hands come out behind her bam and clap the light out and then oh. goes crazy i love that scene but I she's completely locked in yeah. the, the basement as well which is terrifying personally horrifying but yeah. as a scene love it uh yeah. But I, it's a situation I don't remember there hearing the voice before him, like last, like when I remember watching it the first time. So I, I think I, when I heard that voice, I, I was like, oh, okay, it kind of takes away from it a little bit. Like if it was just the, the hands and bang, like that, I think that would be like the right amount of like, boom, like just to like jump scare punch. Because there is quite a number of jump scares in this movie. And yeah, they, some of them are, majority of them are this, this, this typical, uh, you know big image with a loud boom like there's not you know they kind of went a little bit of the easy route in some of them and yeah and i mean like they can take some cheap shots cheap shots at that kind of uh tactic for yeah. for scare for scaring people because it is a supernatural film it's the kind of thing that we expect to happen it's just the timing of it yes this film is with, done really well yeah spot on because with this one you see the hands for like a couple of frames before so you ex- like you have enough time to process it and see it and then get, because you're not just getting scared from the loud, the loud, uh, loud noise, but you're seeing what it is and then you get the punch. Yeah. And you're also reacting to her reaction too, because yeah, generally, yeah. it all happens so freaking quickly. And it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then old, uh, old Papa bear happens to come home at the same time. And yeah, there's what's happening all in this one. Like yeah. three minute scene. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And the dad rescues everybody. Good on, your dad. on your dad, and he's What's like, um, I can't remember his name. Um, I'm gonna have a look. Oh, that's hard to call him Papa Bear, but like, credit to him. All this weird supernatural shit, Roger, <laughs> Ro- old Rog, Rog gets in there, and everyone, it's all crazy. Everyone's fucking freaking. He's like, yeah, tell me now. I was, he's, he's pretty much saying, what the fuck's going on? You're all grounded. Like he might. Yeah. <laughs> Not that like weird shit's happening. It's just like you guys are all messing about. It's three AM. Go to bed. Get the fuck into bed. What are you doing? <laughs> That'd be my dad because my dad's a complete non-believer. He'd just be like, "Go to bed. Go. To- I don't- are you are you dead? Are you bleeding? Get into bed." Yeah. I could be dad. I fucking well could be. I could be like you just you just saw like a flailing on the ground with an open cupboard. You know. Oh, and then we should also mention uh, uh, that room as well. The girl. Uh, one that gets her leg pulled on, Nancy, I believe. It wakes up and then is adamant there's something behind the door. Yes, that was a couple of nights before. Yeah, that that, that shit's that shit's fucking horrifying. Like that scene is really really good. I close my eyes during that scene. Yeah, because it's I'm like no 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 no. Once once again, this is this is the 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 perfect demonstration of your brain is is will create the scares better than the movie because you don't see what's behind the door. All you see is Nancy pointing at it, going like, "There's something behind the door. I can see it." But you like the the way it's shot is the door is obscuring most of it, and it's pitch black yeah. behind it. And then suddenly the door just fucking slams shut. Everyone freaks. You know, and that was good scares. Yeah, I really liked that because, yeah, like you were saying, they don't, they give these real amazing moments where you're left to fill in that gap. Yeah. 
where it's just like, what could it be? What What is it? What is your brain going to create for this scene? Yeah, because like cause she's, anything. she's getting her leg pulled on, so she's like looks on. Like, she has that horrible tension when she looks under the bed and there's nothing there. Oh, I hate that. And then <laughs> because like my recollection, I'm like, well, what's something under the bed? I couldn't remember. Yeah. And then, but then of course, like 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 any good scare, it's not about the scare. Then it's the build up to the scare. So look, she's yeah. looking under the bed. Nothing's there. You see the door kind of creak, and I'm like, oh no, because same thing as you know, a Bly Man, uh, sorry, a Hill House, which I watched recently. Like when she's looking under the bed and she sees the dude, like the, the floating dude, you know, he's yeah. he's oh, no. going around the room. Like it's that same like freak. I'm like, oh, we're gonna see that. Oh no, you know, but we didn't. Instead, like they builds up for like what feels like minutes leading up to this big ooh. and i think it takes like a really special director to be able to maintain that intensity yeah because there are sometimes you know horror movies do do this and they do build tension and it's those directors that can bring everyone together so perfectly yeah. that it's just yeah it's just done with such precision and it's not ruined by anything and like one thing I've noticed a lot with this movie as well, in just terms of how it was shot, like there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, 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 what's what I'm looking for, like freehand's not the right term, like it's like handheld. There's a lot of like handheld stuff, so it's got that nice shake to it. And there's a lot of shots where it's designed for you to look from their perspective. Like you know, Rog wakes up at his desk one night, and there's literally a shot that's almost it's it could be any closer to first person. It's right behind him. It's it's handheld, so when he looks one way, like it's got that night nice, like you know realistic shake to it. But in this scene specifically, it's almost like they mounted it on a tripod because it was like locked, and because that's what they want. Yeah. They, they want you to like not focus on the jitter they want you to hard look at what's behind that door so the camera is steady like it is tight and it's very good yeah yeah that's a really interesting point i never really thought about that yeah so there's like little details that i sort of noticed like how they depending on the scene or what they're trying to get that what they want you to get out of it is like they're clearly using different camera techniques yeah, absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed those little subtle details. Like having seen it before, I kind of knew a couple of the beats were, so I was able to observe it from a different way. Yeah, cool. Because I know that James Wan was really inspired by a lot of the seventies horror filmmaking, and there is so much influence in that. Like uh, an yeah. example, once the Warrens get to the house and they're standing by, um, by the the the, the little pond that, that backs onto the property. Like there's a shot in that the look just I just got nothing but seventies like horrified. Even though I don't have that history, like it's it, it, it hit that kind of like what I expected. Even the yeah. opening credits did the exact same thing. Like that slow yeah, exactly. roll, but made me feel like I think maybe the Exorcist is probably what the most vibe I got from it. Yeah, definitely. I um yeah that whole like serving you information yeah. and um cutting between um you know ed and War- ed warren and lorraine warren's uh, home life and the parents house and so we we get to see like that juxtaposition later in the film because um carolyn goes to one of ed and lorraine's uh seminars yeah uh and we basically we know they're demonologists they're paranormal investigators and lorraine is actually a clairvoyant yeah, so they're sort of setting up the idea like there's these two stories going on at once. You're, like, you're A and you're yeah. B, and they converge at, at one point. And, and this like, is where they converge. Yeah, so, <laughs> so this, so they're sort of setting up a lot, which is that it's 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 that great um, 
an analogous sort of setup uh, dichotomy i don't know either way like it's one of those ideas where they're they're giving presentations throughout the movie about demonology and talk about the stages of uh, of possession and all these little extra things and they kind of mirroring what's happening at the house so you're getting information about who the warrens are and why you should care but also having what they say match what's going on at the house yeah, well, they're trying to set up their credibility throughout the start of the film. Yeah, that's yes, that's probably the best way to explain it. Yes, yeah, but on. Yeah, and I love this scene because um, just before Carolyn goes to meet them, they're actually at their museum. Mm. Um, or maybe there's a I don't can't remember if it's before Carolyn goes to see them or a little bit earlier. And I just love it because Ed says, you know, everything you see here is either haunted, cursed, or has been used in some kind of ritualistic practice. Don't touch anything. Yeah, that was before. That was very early on. When they're, they're, oh, okay. Because yeah, I was just like, oh, I've got to mention that because what I wouldn't give to go into that fucking museum. There's no way I'm going in that room because that shit's scary. What do you mean? Uh, just don't touch anything. Mm-hmm. They have a priest come around once a month to cleanse a room. You'll be fine. That's him. That doesn't seem enough. Um... <laughs> So that's early on when they're sort of establishing uh, as their yeah. history. Um, I mean, like that's adding more alcohol. to their yeah to their background and their history and their credibility of them as like these paranormal experts. Yeah, because they're they're because the, the first thing you see in the movie is them uh, explaining the Annabelle doll and yeah, that's like Ooh. the exposure to demonic possession. Like it's pretty much a big stepping stone for what's going to be able to talk about how it, it's not the, a ghost in a, in a doll. It's a demon that is using the doll as a manipulative tool to, in, to possess you, not the doll, yeah. you. It's coming for you now, you idiots. Yeah. Cause you let it hang, you let it hang out in the doll, you moron. Yeah. I love it. How they're like, we invited it to live in the doll. And he's like, you did what? Yeah. And there's the, I love it. Has the two women that are talking to guy on the right. like, I, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, should, I know I shouldn't have agreed to any of this. I don't think he even just, said anything. He just sat there in, in sad, in sad <laughs> shame. He's like, I'm just roped in in this, and I hate it. Oh, I want to leave. Can I go now? <laughs> like, I don't even live here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, could, that, that could be established like, like later on. Like the the two women come home and they find the dolls like graffitied up the room. Where's he? Where's he at? He's like, right? I, look, I just moved in. <laughs> I just, I'm just. I got here yesterday. They told me they needed me for a meeting. Yeah, and there's like and then you guys show up. Apparently, there was this room that just got redecorated. I don't like it personally. <laughs> um, it's a lot of red crown. Yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I don't like the color red. No, it's it's a bit much. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so they established that this room with all these uh, uh, these trinkets. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. I really want to go there. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if it's still there, which is sad. I, you know what? I don't mind if it is or it isn't. I don't want to think about it. You don't even care if it's not there. Uh, no, if it's gone, sweet. As long as I know where those items are, as long as they're not like, oh, we shut down the museum and we just re-spread out these items. Like, that's not cool. Don't do that. I have a feeling that Zach Bagans has some of it at his museum. Who's it? Who's that guy? Um, The host of the Travel Channel's fucking Ghost Adventures series. There's like... 13 or 14 seasons. All right, well, you've got my attention now, but... <sighs> Mate. Look, I'm I'm only used to super amateur fucking ghost hunting. Right? Oh, no, this is like... This is... I don't know I don't know what you would call this, but it's... it. I mean, it's on the tra- travel channel, so I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of paranormal investigation TV shows. Um, yeah, there's look- Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne. 
Oh. Um, Look, see, my my is either is is either it's filmed on iPhones, it's either on Snapchat or TikTok, or I'm I don't believe it's real because like you know th- those they seem like the right level of shit to be believable. No, this shit is like they're using like proper communication tools. They're using EMF detectors. Yeah, but EMF can pick up your Wi-Fi, so it's like. <laughs> but true but they do it at nighttime and they turn all the electricity off uh. they use um these really special tools built by paranormal like investigating scientists look i'm bought into this show don't say anything <laughs> i've been watching this show for eight fucking years I, i'm a, I'm a, I'm a... I'm a dissonant you do, you do actually i um my so i used what? to watch it so yeah, it's on Foxtel. If it's on Foxtel, I have Foxtel. I might suddenly start watching watch it. it. I'm not it's so good. It. It's on on demand. <gasps> That's um, what I have. Yeah, watch it on Foxtel on demand. Do it, right. do it, do it, do it. So I used to watch this show with my ex boyfriend and his younger brother, and we were so obsessed with the show that for his twenty first birthday, we got him a birthday card signed by Zach Bagans. Oh wow! <laughs> That's how much we loved the show. We were like, "That's all we have to get him for his birthday." <laughs> I love how you got the old school version of Cameo. That's dope. Uh, what? Have you ever heard of Cameo? Yeah. If, what? What's old school about having a birthday card? No, no, I like that because you essentially got Cameo. Oh, you, you cameoed oh. in before Cameo was a thing. Oh, yeah. My sister got a Cameo for her birthday and I was like, what the fuck is this? I got, I got one too. I got a wrestler and he kind of like gave me shit. And it was awesome. Okay, that's cool. My sister got a netballer. Oh. That she's like in love with. Okay. And I was like, This isn't Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. I got Big E, you know, from the New Day. He was all full of energy That's and cool. excited, and you know, he gave me some crap, and it was awesome. That'd be fun. My sister just—I oh, don't know—kids, yeah. teenagers. But the point is, like, if yeah, if he, if this dude had like a, a cameo, I reckon, I, you know, I wonder if he oh, does. Dude, uh, heads up, they have business ones where you can pay and you can use it to promote products. Oh, I'm so, not gonna use that. No, no, that'd be amazing. Pay him like hundred bucks, and he's all like, you know, I'm, I'm this guy, and you're listening to TGIF, the best fucking horror movie. Oh, oh my god, that's such. A... Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Do I'm it. downloading Cameo. <laughs> Either way, you know, because like that's what they did. The Warrens are there. They're essentially cameoing at universities. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to think way back. I get a cameo. <laughs> Um, and anyway, so Carolyn, the mum, basically, like, begs them to come to their house. Yeah, tackles them in a car park. Yeah. <laughs> but she looks really tired and battered and, you know, she really appeals to their, um, their, uh, pathos in this one and wants, you know, saying, you know, don't you have a daughter? I just want to protect my daughters. So Lorraine's like, I go. Lorraine's like, how the fuck do you don't have a daughter? That's weird. Yeah. How'd you Google that in 1971? Oh, I was going to say, how the fuck do you Google that? <laughs> or maybe, they were, maybe they mentioned something in the seminar. I yeah. don't know. I don't want, I just want to pretend they had Google in the 70s. <laughs> Sweet. So they go over to the house. Um, they're going through, they actually find the entire family has been sleeping downstairs because they feel safer being in the one room together. So there's like seven people. It's like a mattress city down there yeah like if it didn't if you if you didn't think the sulfur was farts before it's definitely farts now like that many people <laughs> yeah. in one space someone's definitely farting yeah now. like is it the ghost or is just farts it's, or is it dad yeah in this case it's farts 
through the hours. They're talking about, you know, the clocks stop at 3.07. Um, there are bangs on doors in groups of three, which we all know is indicative of a demonic pres- presence. So if I know anything about demons, they're definitely correct about that. Because do you know what the... Well, they, they discuss it in the movie. It's kind of like yeah. shitting on the, you know, the, the Holy Trinity. The Trinity, num- the holy number. Yeah. The, well, the date, the time that Jesus rose from whatever. Um, so I have this theory. I sneeze in lots of three lately. Mm. I'm convinced. That you, that, are, that you are Jesus. No, that I'm possessed by a demon. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, I was close. <laughs> Like I've, I've been sneezing in threes lately. I'm pretty confident I am the Holy Trinity. No, 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 no. I'm possessed by a demon. Oh, oh I'm mad. That's okay. pretty cool. Yeah, it's because I used to sneeze like eight times, right? And now yeah. it's only three. Damn. Every time I sneeze. So. Is it only since you've been watching Supernatural things? No, like, it's been a while now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Oh. You seem to be doing it pretty okay with it. That's, that's fine. Yeah, I mean... That's all right. There's worse experiences you could have. Uh, there could be a lot worse. Uh, I don't mind sneezing only three times instead of eight. Yeah. It's not too bad. Well, because the, like, the idea is I think your heart stops slightly every time you sneeze. What? Yeah, so if you're doing it eight times, you're like, <laughs> and your heart just kind of like... Oh, that's probably why my chest used to hurt so yeah, much. Oh, no, that's probably the pressure of the sneeze. That too. Oh. Big, big, big combo. Oh, my God, that's so scary. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like the minuscule of a second. Oh, that's so great. I'm going to Google that because that's yeah. interesting. I sneeze heaps. <laughs> yeah. You know what they didn't have in 1971? Google. No, they did not. Bring it, back. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> suck, so... suck as you to sneeze without knowing what's going on. <laughs> Lorraine, who is the clairvoyant, um, who is played by Vera Formiga, um, who you might know from Bates Motel. Just so you um, I think she's a fantastic actress. Um. And so she basically says something awful happened here. They're in the basement. Um, And then they're kind of like hanging around the house and Ed's talking to the family. Um, And April shows Lorraine the music box. And um, yeah. Yeah. Like like we see this, we we see the freaky (laughs) child, but shout out to the freaky child because he didn't just like, I, I had a remember, like, I thought it was going to be like right behind the shoulder, like, bam, big fucking face takes up the whole yeah, he's creeping. mirror. He's like creeping back there behind a door. I'm like, all right, man, you're like, cool. You could have made this way scarier. Shout out to you, Roy, Rory, whatever your name is. You're a champ. Roy. You can be Roy now. Yeah, you're Roy. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so uh, Roy was like, I'm not, I'm not going to ski you too much, right? You seem like a nice lady. Chill out. Yeah. Creeping in the background. But it's still creepy because child ghosts are scary. They fuck. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, they really, they just make me creeped out. Mm. You do need to watch Sinister. You'll hate it, but you'll also love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Lorraine goes outside and they they are, well, she's standing under this massive tree. And this is where, you know, she sees the, well, Ed comes out to ask her what's wrong. And, um, I don't think she says anything, but I watched behind the scenes and she said this is where she was hung. Yeah, they cut that part out. So it's more of a... from from. It's a bit of, 
ambiguous. Yeah, it? and that's what I kind of like about it. So rather than her clearly turning around going, like, there was a fucking witch that got hung here. Like, you, she turns yeah. around and you see just the, the feet. So you don't actually, you don't see it till a little bit later in a full shot. But like, it's yeah. just, like you see that and you know exactly what it means. Yeah, exactly. And I like that because it shows that she can see stuff that he can't. Yeah. It's like he can't see the, the body hanging from the tree. Do you know they actually built that 50-foot tree for the purpose of the film? I was going to say, because like, I did... I, when the, at the end of the film, when they're showing all these news clips, I'm like, man, like how cool would they just found this tree that's really good? Like That's some quality like scouting. Turns yeah, out, no. No, no, really, no. no. They built that. 50 feet. That's really tall. That's like... Okay, so my dad's six foot. So times ah, that, like, that. That's like six nine. Foot. That's like nine dads. That's like nine, nine, dads. nine dads high. That's all. Yeah, that's nine dads high. That's really tall. That's how I measure things. I'm like, <laughs> how, how many dads tall is that? <laughs> I can't. It's just because I'm like, my dad is really tall. He's not <laughs> super tall. He's six foot two. But I'm just like, imagine. Okay, so 60 feet is 10 of dad. Yeah. Like, that's how I, yeah. I measure things. It's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's like, like it's how a kid would work things out. Yeah, well, it's like I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and he likes to uh, measure things in jaws. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, because jaws is X amount of you know feet long, so yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. Yeah, I like it. I like his way of thinking. That's I like <laughs> it. So after this, after this is their initial investigation because they're basically like, we can't do an exorcism on your house without the authorization of the Catholic Church. So we're going to have to come back and basically stay at your house, gather some more evidence. Um, Where's the hard data? Yeah, we we need we need photos. We need lewds of this ghost <laughs> to <laughs> take to the Catholic Church. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm not even bad at that. That's mass awesome. Most pr- provocatively posed like shots. Solid them. evidence. <laughs> they need the ghosts only fans before they'll authorize it. Oh shit. Um <clears throat> so instead of giving it all away, like you said, at that tree scene, we actually see Ed and Lorraine um researching the house. They they're going through news articles, they're going through books. Uh, history books, and they find out that um, the house belonged to an accused witch by the name of Bathsheba. Hmm. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Bathsheba. Sounds about right. So apparently this witch had been found by her husband sacrificing their weak old baby. Yep, in front of the fireplace. Yeah. So when she got caught, she basically did a fucking runner out She said she did a fuck you, hail Satan, and... <laughs> And hung herself on the tree. Yeah. It literally says, cursed anyone who would live on the land, pro- proclaimed her love for Satan. <laughs> and to her own life. It's like, that sounds metal. Oh, that's really intense. Like, that's metal. Like, that's yeah. fucking, yeah. She's a fucking leader. <laughs> Fuck that's, your baby yeah. house, Satan. Woo! That's basically what she did. And she was out of there. Oh, it was just like that, and her time of death was so happened to be three oh seven in the morning. Yeah, like in a in a world of no electricity, how the fuck did they see her go? Yeah, hell, Satan, and then fuck off into a tree. Like later on, you see them stand at the porch, and you can't yeah. be dick. Like there is Maybe nothing. He chased her out there. I, yeah. I, probably not. Yeah, he's old time he lantern. I'm like, if you if you're gonna hell, Satan, I need to see this. So he comes out with lantern. <laughs> <laughs> 
plant him down the fucking... <laughs> so she says, you know, following this, uh, numerous reports of murders and suicides in the house that were built on the property. Because originally oh. the, the land was much larger, but it has since been subdivided. Yes. So according to um, historical reports, eight generations of families lived and died in the house before the parents moved in. So Andrea Perrin suggested um, that some of the spirits of the families never left. Deaths included two documented suicides, a poisoning death, the rape and murder of an 11-year-old girl, two drownings, and the passing of four men who froze to death. Most most deaths occurred within the Arnold family, from which Bathsheba Sherman was descended. Now, is this that was this the law in the in the movie? Because this is a lot. No, more into... this is like historical. Yeah, like, there's a uh, lot more extra details there. Like there was no eleven-year-old yeah. abuse mentioned in the movie. Thank Christ. No, no, thank goodness. But that's what happened um, after you know she apparently cursed the land. Yeah. Uh, which I found really interesting because these are all in like news reports and yeah, historical articles yeah. and documents. And Andrea Perrin, I'm guessing, kind of maybe went back and had a look at the history of the property. I don't know. So I've literally titled this section, It's Exorcism Time. Yeah. <laughs> so Ed and Lorraine come back to the house with a police officer and another investigator who's just the fucking third wheel in all of this. Drew. Yeah. Some I mean, dude in his cool leather jacket, you know? Yeah. He, oh, is Drew there? Oh, he's the cameraman, isn't yeah. he? Oh, I was like, he's another investigator? It's just oh, well. the techie. Yeah, because they set up all this equipment, which to me looks pretty snazzy for the 1970s. The only thing, the only one, the only things that I thought were a little bit snazzy looking were the sweet shotgun mics. Oh, the boom mics? Yeah. <laughs> but I, other than that, like, it looked pretty all right. Because it's, because, you know, you talked about that before, like with the 70s, just like, well, what are they going to do for hard, da- hard data? Like, they don't have emp they don't have all these things uh, yeah. uh emf sorry no emf is a band no emf oh sweet maybe emf is a band as well who, who sang that unbelievable song i don't know i'm getting sidetracked pilots? <laughs> i don't know i'm getting sidetracked um <laughs> but yeah so they EVP, have you're thinking of evp evp voice phenomenon that's the one evp I should be a ghost investigator yeah. i'm too fucking scared yeah so i just won't be. exactly so they had none of that they had like flash photography like the big like old timey one yeah yeah which they still do use stuff like that in investigations now yep nice to capture um to capture images of like orbs and and ghosts and whatnot and on the first night they get nothing. Yeah. They're trying to gather this evidence for the Catholic Church. Like, they're sitting there at the little Soviet-era-looking bunker thing they made in the lounge room with all the dobs and, and knobs and dials and, you know. <laughs> I loved it. very 1970s. Yeah, I loved it. It looks like, yeah, the idea of fancy pants tech is all, like, green boxes. It's cool. I'm trying to remember that scene. Like, trying to remember their setup. I don't yeah, know. so he's sitting there and he's, he's got, like, a little, like, an old, like an, essentially an old-timey switchboard with the four mics running into oh. it. I don't know yeah. where I don't know where the XR leads are because you never see them, but apparently they're all piped in in this one little thing in the lounge. Um, you so know, probably not. Yeah, like th- that's just me being like unnecessarily a, a techie about it. Like where's <laughs> where's the XLRs? Um, <laughs> but you know, because it, it does like the credit to them. Like they have the headphones on and they pipe in the uh, 
in the the mic noise and it does have that nice static room mic sound um which for me is that little extra bit of realism as well and then a a small bit of phenomena happens like a door opens by itself they run down into the basement and because it's the 70s and tech needs bags everything's in a bag like a canvas bag oh yeah that's so awkward yeah so warren walks down holding the shotgun mic and it's that's mic'd through the mic like the actual audio of this entire thing is through the mic love that minor detail because it's him bumping it you can hear all the little finger noises on the microphone and it just adds it made it feel like you're watching like literal footage and it was mad yeah it was really cool i think that they the producers on this film um i'm guessing it's producers that make sure all this kind of stuff happens i don't know if directors do i'm guessing sound design I'm still learning people's roles doing different things. Well, yeah, this would, this would fall within the sound des- the sound design and sound production sort of space. Um, yeah. The director is essentially like the guy that just oversees everything. And like, like they'll have oh, the big... That makes sense. The, the easiest way is the, the, the way I see it in terms of the easiest way to explain it is the director is the big visionary. They'll have all the plans and, and then they go to these other people to execute it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So a producer is the one that is like the yes, no guy. Like, you know, if I, if you were to go, if you were a director were to go to a producer and be like, I want this. And they'd be, they would tell you whether it can or can't be done. Okay. That makes, yeah. Okay. They'll look at it from a budgetary perspective, from a, obviously a production standpoint and that whether it's something that is completely feasible. Oh my God. I'd say yes to everything. I'd make the worst director. Well, yeah. I'd just be the yes man. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Go for it. So like yeah, a big a big a big part of a producer's job is a, is actually a lot of saying no or why. Damn it. Yeah. Nobody tells me no. Either way, who the sound design, whoever made the call here, straight up amazing. Did a great job. Because on top of that as well, another little minor detail, because they're using an old like spin film camera, and when they're down in the basement, you know, uh uh Ed Ed sort of does it and he starts he cranks it up in the bag to get the sensitivity of the microphone up and then you suddenly start hearing the click of the camera. Yeah. Oh, oh. They took special care with a lot of the sound design in this, I think. Yeah. A lot of really Just, little details that no one should pick up. Yeah. But like whether it's because I was watching it here in my room in the in my studio with my headphones on, like these are details I probably wouldn't picked up unless I had a pretty good surround sound. It's just attention to detail man i know i keep i'm rattling on about it now but i can't i it cannot be understated how cool it is yeah i think it's really cool i like i do like the audio in this and i think that james wan does that in a like works with his sound teams to make and to basically um really encourage that kind of stuff within his movies and be like okay do what do what you think to make it so incredibly authentic and genuine for the for the listener and the viewer well yeah because once you hear that sensitivity sort of bump up that little fuzz you know my i i kind of it's almost like i felt my felt myself being pulled towards the screen with my ear being like what am i trying to hear for you know yeah what else can i hear or like yeah what are there, is there something a little subtle little like you know child's laugh or you know like a bit of oh God, a, some, something in the, you know, <laughs> something in the background that you hear but um it's not the case though but no you that add that tension because you're trying to hear for it yeah, it's really good, and that's what this entire film does so well. I, I can't, like, discredit them, even though, like, revealing some of their big cards mm. is a bit detrimental to the whole overall vibe of the film. I don't know. 
yeah so they, so they go they go back upstairs and i they like not a whole lot happens on that first night from from no from not until the second night yeah so um it's almost like the 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 the, the old d-man uh d-man he knows she knows sorry because yeah. like 307 comes ticks right over no problems it's on. let's go the next night cindy is sleepwalking again she ends up upstairs and i really love this bit because a thermal camera detects uh like the uh temperature drop around yep. her and i thought that was really cool yeah because like it's once again another little subtle thing so the as, as you said they had cameras set up with a thermal detector so if there's a sudden drop in temperature it would initiate sorry uh initiate the camera and yeah. when they have her walk through these areas it is yeah the the camera goes off like half a second before she passes what would be the the, the string yeah. minor detail but that like that that adds to that idea that there is something pulling her in this direction that is what's triggering these cameras and as someone who is a real big fan of television shows that do this and try to, you know, like whether it's fake or not, it feels so authentic to me. And this just makes me excited because I'm like, I know what that does. Mm. I know what they could capture on that film. I know what could happen. So it just is like a little, like, fangirl moment. A little fluffer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she gets trapped in the wardrobe because she goes into the wardrobe i'm not too sure which room she's in but yeah I'm so, so she goes always in yeah so she got they go into this room but like it's yeah so it's weird because like there's it's this so it's the oldest room i think the eldest has the room by herself yeah and that's the room with the freaky ass wardrobe in it yeah so they go in there uh the so she goes in the room door shuts the door is sealed and then you can start hearing the rory of roy rory where his name is chatting to her and be like hey i'll show you where to hide yeah like the idea is like the, the, this this ghost even in its you know sp the spirit in its post is like we need to hide from this other spirit i'll show you where to hide yeah exactly which is still pretty scary because I'm not sure if Rory is a ghost on his own or if he's actually the demonic spirit. Trying yeah, at to this point they haven't they haven't stipulated. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they do at all. Yeah, no, they do. They do sort of lead, demonstrate there's a bunch of different spirits going on at once. Yeah. Um, but like in a so you, you you're aware of the big overarching witch, then they, then you see Rory as well, but it's almost like it's not the same. There's a dem I I read it as it's two different spirits. Yeah. Uh, and then you also meet the, the maid for like a split second, and that's probably the only time I got an actual jump scare in this movie. Oh, actually, that's who the um the cop says the, the composer plays. Oh no! Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Sorry, that. I completely forgot yeah. about that because like, I completely forgot about that woman until I saw it moving. I'm like, oh, because they, they did that whole like, you know, where they sweep the camera just in the background, just there. Yeah, no, I hate that. Yeah, it's the, that's the shit that's unnerving because like, that's the stuff into, that always gets me. Yeah, blends into the background a little bit. Um, she pisses off to the right. The cops are like, hey, fucking woman, old timey maid outfit. This is not weird. I'm not going to call for anybody else. Walks yeah. in gets like tackled by her and then we get the idea of she made me do it is the big part of, of this here yeah Ugh. yeah and then later on we see an, an additional spirit down in the basement of a yeah. larger woman with what is presumably rory oh okay okay yes yeah, so no, she's sitting there holding a knife and rory's there as well you know like across yes. her lap that's why I'm like, I'm not sure if they're the same entity because, you know, they can play tricks and I'm like, mm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I, I, see, I see them as different entities. Okay. 
maybe the next time I watch that, that's what I'll do. I'd be like, no, they're cheating. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so everyone's rushing to get Cindy out of this wardrobe. Lorraine goes in, falls through the floorboards and ends up in the cellar. Um, that's where she sees the spirits of everybody who has been possessed uh, by Bathsheba. Um, and she kind of, through her clairvoyancy, realises what the purpose of this witch is, this witch ghost, and that's to possess mothers and use them to kill their children. Yeah. Which is really incredibly sad. So she gets out of the cellar, she fucking gets the fuck out of there, um, and her and Ed go to Father Gordon to get their... Um, oh, this is not, not before the ghost sort of getting friendly with uh, with uh, Lorraine a little bit and like choking on her out on the necklace and that getting stuck. Oh, yeah. I just... Maybe I forgot about that bit because it's just really... Scary. That's creepy. And didn't like it. Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of that. It's like they talk about, uh, you know, earlier on in the movie that's established that this necklace is like it's got a picture of her of their kid in it, and the daughter yeah. has one with the parents in it, with Lorraine and and War- uh, the Warrens in there. So the idea, yeah. like, they set up the idea that they're forever connected because they have this on them. So when when the when the kids one is left in the basement, that becomes the connector for the ghost to, uh, sorry, the spirit, the demonic spirit to connect to the uh, Warren's daughter. Yeah, and because she kind of freaks out and goes and calls her mum, doesn't she? Yeah, so she gets a little, so she, a little later on uh, after that encounter, she sees uh, the daughter in the river out the creek out the back, the little pond. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because you and I were you and I were discussing this about about this movie, and you mentioned you like the idea that you know it's it's all in this one location. So the yeah. idea that the ghost isn't fucking off elsewhere, and then the then that next scene, and then like the ghost would be fucked off elsewhere. I'm like, yeah, oh, I forgot about that bit. because yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, if it's just all in, because I I really do like films that all just happen in the one location. Yeah, and I know a lot of people don't, but for me, that helps me process information a lot better. Mm-hmm. If it's they're just all in the one place and it's not changing from location to location to location, because then I can't keep up, and I'm like, okay, where are we now? What's happening now? <laughs> who's who's dead? Yeah. Like, I can't I can't piece together the information that well. So yeah. I like movies that are in the one place or don't have too many locations. Yeah, it's consistent, it's grounded. So it's yeah. Because yeah. I did watch a movie recently and it just like jumps from scene to scene to scene and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Help. But yeah, um, so what they essentially come down to the idea like, yeah, they show the priest and the priest is like, man, I'll put this to the Vatican myself. I'll take yeah. the hit. You know, whatever. Basically, he's authorized it, I think, and so he goes, "I will raise it to the Vatican directly," because there was some oh, issues. Okay, yeah. There were some issues around the girls not being baptized, and they're not members of the church, which makes sense. They just fucking move there. Why would they be members of the church? They yeah, they've been there for like four days. Yeah, rude. Uh, at this time, the parents have all gone to a hotel for the night um, to basically just get away from the house. But even though Ed had said to them that a spirit can follow you, Lorraine's told them that the spirit's attached to them. So like, it just doesn't all make sense. Oh yeah. So uh, we should also mention uh, one of my favorite shots in this whole movie. Uh, Lorraine's doing washing out the backyard. Uh, The sheet comes off the, off the line, wraps around this, this figure and then scoots up into the window. Next thing you know, the, 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 the bitch is in the window. I yeah. love that shot so much. It's such a brilliant sequence. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, it's just beautiful. 
because like the yeah the way it wraps around the figure and then dissipates it's enough time for you to go oh fuck and then it yeah. Yeah, then the because the sheet then goes into the window and it covers the window the sheet goes away and then there's just the woman there and you're like mm. oh no and it's that turns out to be the the um the the mother's room she hovers above the of her chucks her guts up into her and then <laughs> that's the possession yeah that's where i was like eh. yeah i don't i the because I have an aversion, like an aversion to vomit. So. Yeah, like it just looked like a good red wine and curry vomit. It's pretty much what it was. And like that's no, where no. the possession kicks in. Oh, Sorry. Oh, my stomach's just churning thinking about it. No, that's fine. So we get that Carolyn is possessed because yeah. she absolutely makes a fucking break for it and goes back to the house. She kidnaps two of her kids. Clearly and... her favorite. That's a horrible way to find out. has two kids to choose from so like fuck wouldn't even know <laughs> i'd die not knowing who the favorite is <laughs> but if my mum had to choose out of all her kids i reckon she'd take my middle sister and maybe my youngest brother oh yeah that's at least you know you might be safe from it if she was I'm, I'm totally safe yeah that's yeah. fine Sucks be you. It sucks be them. I'm not favorite, but <laughs> um. So everyone like fucking gets in the cars. Ed and Lorraine are heading there. Uh, Roger's already there. By the time Ed and Lorraine get there, there's police. They're wrestling with Carolyn, trying to get these fucking scissors off her because she's tried to kill. Her. Oh yes, yeah, so they go down in the basement and like I don't I don't know how far away the Warrens were. I don't know where their house is, but like. I had a feeling that old uh, old mum has been standing there for a while with a knife above the child, just like eagerly awaiting for them to arrive. Are you coming in? Are how you much in? time? Yeah. Like, you know, if this spirit was any good, they'd have shanked those kids by now. Yeah, like they'd be sacrificial lambs. Yeah. Like all you meant the idea. I presume the idea is that she was fighting against it the whole time. I don't know. There's a, there's a uh, weird time jump, but it's fine. Yeah, because um, at this same time, I just remember when they're rushing into the house, all these fucking birds flying at the house. Oh, though that comes. That's a little bit later, but yeah. Oh, I thought it was at the same. No, so that that so that uh, she's down in the basement getting ready to shank the child. They separate her. They grab her. They ch- chuck a shirt over her, tie her to tie her to a chair. They get the they get the girls out. Well, one of the girls yeah. goes missing. And they get one of them out. Then it's a situation of Ed's like, I'm gonna have to do this exorcism. Okay. Then so, once the exorcism okay. starts, that's when the birds come. They're trying uh, to they're, okay. they're essentially trying to distract him, is the plan. Yeah. So should they be letting Ed do this? A. He has already stated multiple times that he's not authorized to perform exorcisms. And two, he's also stated that he is not qualified or learned in exorcisms and has only assisted look i don't think roger's gonna do it well no he's a truck driver yeah unless he's a traveling exorcist oh shit moonlighting as a truck driver sadly that wasn't the case but if it was okay, the movie but, changed. i mean it could have been, it's a situation could have it's, i think it's like a point of necessity right like it, this yes he broke the rules but it was going to be a situation of either she dies or, or we see a bunch of other kids you know some of the girls die or he yeah. bites a bullet and does it now you know okay. he made the, he made died. the hero's choice yeah i'm glad yeah and this, see, and, and this is discussed this is what we said before like this is where the movie takes that real uh that real kind of turn where because yeah. like you and i had this discussion where i was like the, the movie kind of 
loses a lot of its tension, a lot of its impact once we start seeing it, once we see her floating on a chair in the basement. And you're like, yeah, I, I don't think that happened. Like... I'm like, what do you mean you don't think that happened? My entire understanding of this movie <laughs> is based on this one scene. And you're like, mm, I don't think it happened. Yeah, I, I was like, did that happen? So you had and me. You're like, I don't know. Did it happen? Yeah, because my me- like my memory is garbage. Like, just once again, was <laughs> pre show discussion. We were discussing how how memories are garbage, and I'm like, I have I stringed two different movies together. No. It turns out I did, it turns out I totally didn't, which I really because we were both like, imagine if it. It'd be so hilarious if it didn't. If it happen. didn't, I would. This podcast would be so much better. Yeah, what movie happen? is that? <laughs> so basically, Ed's yelling at the demon, "Get her out! Get the fuck out!" Um, well, he doesn't say that because he's a good Catholic. Oh, no, no, that, that that would be the best way. If you just, like, the demon will not leave unless you tell it to get the fuck out. It's just the, GTFO. That's the Australian. Oh, yeah. It's the Australian demons. Like, get out! And the demon's like, "Yeah, nah." Yeah, nah, man. <laughs> get out! Yeah. Fuck, get out! Yeah, no thanks. I'd hate an Australian demon. That'd be the fucking worst. Um, At this time, Drew, who is the tag-along for the exorcism, finds April um, hiding under the floorboards in the kitchen. So there's like these tunnels under the house. And all of a sudden it distracts Carolyn and Ed and everybody. And Carolyn gets up and she's like fucking after April. And she's like under the, t- like in the tunnel as well. Yeah. So like they had, so they had that sheet over her. And they, as they start hmm. doing the, um, doing the exorcism, like she's getting all creepy, starts vomiting blood. So it's this bright oh, white, yeah. this bright white sheet, but this big, like it, like visually, it looks awesome. And then the sheet rips at one point. So then you sort of see, you know, mum's face, but then it cuts away to like fucking creepy witch face, which is because it's like a half face thing. It's like Phantom of the Opera. So it's like real kind of like really cool look. And it's like, you know, flickering lights, that sort of garbage. Um, But yeah, like, yeah. So eventually the chair goes upside down, drops, and that's what breaks the chair. And that's how she escapes. Yeah. Yeah. And then old, uh, old, uh, what's his face upstairs? Like she's in the walls. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. She's in the walls. And then she scurries yeah. off, which, oh. um, just the fact that you use the word scurry, yeah, because like ha- having recently played Resident Evil Seven again, there's a character <laughs> that kind of looks like her when she does a little scurry away. I'm oh, like, no. oh my god, it's like the mum in Resident Evil, which is I great. knew you were talking about the mum, yeah, because the entire game is based in a creepy ass house too. So it's just all these little inspirations that are coming from everywhere. And like, granted, this came out way before Resident Evil Seven, but it's like. All these things are just sort of like ticking boxes for me. Oh gosh! Yeah, she's just like, and like just gets up into the wall, like up into the nook. My God, damn! She's in the nook. She's in the nook again. Get her out! Yeah, just, you know, like, Ed, Ed's banging on the walls, putting the broom in there. Just poke her out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're both in the tunnel. Like Carolyn's, you know, um, fanging after April, trying to get her out. <laughs> <laughs> I just right. don't understand. Because all, oh, well, I was like, oh, I don't know what word. Um, Fangin was all I could think Yeah, no, but it's exactly what she did. Like, she's like, fuck you, and then grabs the, grabs the scissors and gets right up in that wall. Yeah, and it just, I find it so weird that all Lorraine had to do was reach down through the floor, grab Carolyn's head, and tell her how much her family means to her. And to remember the beach. Uh, so touch the head's like, fuck, you know, fuck this demon, remember the beach. She's like, oh, right, beaches are cool, and the demon leaves. Why didn't Lorraine just do that in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, um, during this yeah. whole exorcism process, they're like, 
they're trying to you know get it out using traditional methods uh you know and then it's just like oh no we've got to use the fucking power of sunshine and rainbows um and then you know oh ed yells out her name then that's when the, the demon's like boy bro how do you know how do you know my name Mm. And then uh, that gives enough time to Lorraine to like fucking fist palm, you know, face palmer, <laughs> and then yeah, like bang. Remember, remember the beach, you know, and the power of goodwill and family allows the demon to uh, be ex- self exercised. Yeah. Which I think is kind of nice. But I do remember that Ed says a couple of times, you know, every time we do an exorcism, um, it takes a bit. It takes a bit away from Lorraine, like yeah. a bit of herself, and obviously through something like this, that it would. Mm. I'm guessing if demonic possession is real. Yeah, because yeah, like there's yeah, it's a situation of every time that she sees something, it, like, it takes some of her energy essentially. And yeah. they, they show that there was a, a previous experience where a, a, someone that was possessed just grabs onto her and like stares into her soul and shows her something. Yeah. It's just fucking horrendous. Yeah, um, that's and, really fucked her up since yeah. then. Yeah, but I'm glad they don't show us what it is. Because so. once again, the idea of what that could be is so much better than what they could ever show me yeah absolutely yeah so like in terms of the ending it's like yeah then she's all cool she's suddenly yeah. less possessed and then it's well, all wraps up <laughs> yeah um i didn't remember this ending being so abrupt yeah me neither yeah. i was like oh oh so they just like well basically i th- okay so i'm not too sure because i didn't get to rewatch the end um I can't remember if they go back to their house and put the music room away um, or if they get the phone call first. Lorraine mentions a phone call. So what happens is they they go back. So the, the, the demon uh, is, leaves the mum. They then return to the house they put the music box in the in the wardrobe. This is just after they come home and go. Oh, I'm going to give the father a call and say, "Hey, you know, this is what's happened." And then, yeah, yeah then Lorraine's the door being like, "Oh, good news! The Vatican approved the fucking exorcism." Yeah, and then, um, but there's like a phone call about there's something we need to go to. Or- oh, yeah. So they're essentially uh, setting up the sequel. They're like, "Yeah, that we spoke to the father. He they've approved the Vatican." It's not the sequel, though, but they're setting up that there's more things for them. Oh, okay, yeah. It's actually um, um, the father calling them to go to the Amityville house. Oh, that's so much better. Yeah, because that ha- that incident happened um, basically right after this one. Yeah. So the idea was that they, like, they go, okay, cool. So he's rang. They've approved that. They've approved the exorcism, but they also want us to go to this place now. Yeah, they'll go into the Amityville house. Dope. Which I would love to see. That's so dope. Or the actual house. Yeah, I'd love to see the house. I'm just curious because it's a very interesting looking house. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure it's very interesting from the road. I'm like, mm, that's a nice house. Oh, I, I don't want to go in there. I ain't going in a fucking house. Fuck that. I'm not going inside it. What do you think? I am crazy. <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> fucking answer that. I'm actually, um, uh, so uh, I was saying to you earlier that Ned and I want to do a, a road trip in America and I've been looking up like, um, like haunted locations to go to uh places where horror movies were filmed so um if anyone has any recommendations send them to me because i want to go fucking everywhere we're starting in chicago i think heading out to the coast and then down yeah and ending in la or vegas or wherever so um there's lots of places to go to i'm really excited 
Um, have you ever so thought? Have you ever thought of doing the like Australian tour? Of, uh, There's not a lot of Australian places. horror movies filmed here. Oh, maybe like hauntedish places. Oh yeah, like I've thought about it. It's just getting there now because pandemic. Yeah, well, it's a, there's a better chance of doing that than the Americas right now. Very true. Like as if, well, actually, Victoria just let us back in again. So that's very true. <laughs> they let my area back in anyway. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, I forgot you're in the New South. Yeah, I'm in Wollongong. Times. So, but yeah, so like it's a situation. The movie just kind of ends. Yeah, and it's just she, like, oh, oh, okay, credits roll done. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the yeah, the power of love just you know compelled her. I guess so. It, but it's a, it's a weird situation of like, if I was to pitch another ending, I couldn't, because like that's that other that's yeah. the other issue with horror movies. You have to wrap them up somehow, and they never yeah. they don't always <laughs> feel like conclusive. Like it's, yeah. it's like, and the demon went away. I'm like, yeah, okay. Isn't, isn't that the biggest thing with horror movies? Like, same as comedy movies, right? Because horror and comedy, it's the toughest to wrap up because a lot of them are really good premises or like, you know, if you, if you even look at like Judd Apatow comedy movies, right? They're like, well, I guess they end up, they get the girl, I guess. It's like, you know, it's, it's that weird kind of like, how do you close it up? Yeah. It's kind of those, some of those films, I want them to just keep going. Yeah. And I'm like, don't wrap it up. Just keep going, or finish the story the way I want to see it finished. Well, in that in that case, like with this ending, if if you're on the same page as me, how would you approach this ending differently? I don't know. I really don't know. You know, because like maybe the recovery from the demonic possession was a little bit too quick. Yeah, she suddenly just goes outside, and the sun's like, oh yeah, bruises are gone. Mind you, when they tried to remove her from the house earlier and they did all the sort of the little yeah. uh, damage on her, that was cool. I dug that. Yeah, and you heard the sizzling of her skin. Yeah, they just fucking yeeted down the hallway. Yeah, oh, that terrified me. I was like, oh, no, this is enough. Eyes closed now. Yeah, because, like, that's the thing. Like, the, a lot of it became, it felt like wire work to me. And that's when yeah. I got lost. I was like, <sighs> the Definitely the scene where she's dragged back down into the basement and like thrown around the place like a rag doll yeah. that's where i lost it and i was like mm. yeah but like it's that weird thing if i was in a room and someone and someone did that i you know like it's because they had that floatiness to it but i guess like a real world floatiness would be as weird looking yeah because the reason it, the reason it's weird looking is because it hits that uncanny valley like oh people aren't yeah. meant to float yeah like this isn't this yeah. doesn't happen being thrown around a room happens because people can physically do that to you. Yeah, but not in like a, an un, you know, physics-defying movement. Yeah, that was uh, that was not well done, that part. I'm going to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's the movies. So good. It's so damn good. I really enjoy it. I'm really glad. Like, I watched it after we spoke about it. Um, uh, when I said to you, let's do an episode on The Conjuring. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch it because I haven't watched it in forever. Mm. And yeah, it's definitely reignited me wanting to watch more supernatural horror. So I'm going to give it a go. You know what? Maybe one day I'll even be able to watch zombie horror again, but I'm not oh. going too far. So I'm not going too crazy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zombies are worn out. I'm done with zombies. Zombies. What? What? Zombies with an A. Zombies. I like it. Yeah, it makes them, less, makes them less confronting. Zombies. <laughs> Apparently there's a good um, movie on Shudder called Yummy, 
um, that is a zombie film that I okay. might check out. Okay. Because I think that falls in a comedy vein, but I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But I'm very, uh, me and zombies, like, Shaun of the Dead scared me, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. The, okay. At least we know where that line is. The line's very, very early on, but the line is there. <laughs> Anything. Just I threw myself right in the deep end with zombie movies and watched Dawn of the Dead. So when it first came out, yeah. I, think I was like fourteen or fifteen when it came out. Yeah, bold strategy. Because uh, yeah, because like uh, when I when we, when we did Candyman, because the idea of when we did Candyman was like movies that I that I distinctly remember being the ones that kind of fucked me up when I was younger. And Cand- Candyman was one. The other one was I think I talked about it then was What Lies Beneath, which was a it's more of a psychological thriller than a horror oh, movie. I like that movie. Um, all I remember is the girl in the bath, and that's the only thing I remember haunting me. How long's it been since you've had a bath? Uh, well, how long's that movie been out? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, you have especially bathroom fears i've come to learn like fucking candy man is mirrors <laughs> you know, i said bitches in bathtubs <laughs> like, it's just bathrooms are fucking wigging me out um bad places yeah but it's, uh, you know it's like they're like they're distinct creeps and like yeah conjuring didn't it's it's good to, it's good to come up with this with a happy sort of memory yeah. of, of, of this yeah, and then like you know, it's a thinking towards the second one, which you haven't seen yet. Like no, the, the ending is a bit, a bit more, a bit more like bombastic in terms of its its scope. You know, it's a lot more of like straight destruction, which is very very cool. But it's also like a lot of what I loved about this one get sort of replicated in terms of cool shots and cool mystery okay. and th- and things that the, the the horror that you can't see the suspense you can't see it's almost like they yeah. realize what you know they knew what worked here and they have a bit more fun with it you know like there's a great shot of like a kid playing with a it's not spoilers there's a kid playing with a toy in a hallway and they scoot it down the hallway and then it comes back oh i think i've seen that i think that was in the yeah. trailer and i'm like oh shit like that like because it's just so subtle yeah I like that kind of stuff. I and I know a lot about the Enfield Poltergeist because I have like read stuff about mm. it. I've listened to podcasts about it. I've watched um, a friend of mine. I think he did a Twitch segment on it on his channel. I'm not 100 percent sure, but like we've talked about it in our Discord and whatnot. And I I just find it really interesting that people kind of tried to um, absolutely uh, debunk it, but could debunk it, but it also wasn't debunked. It's mm. like a weird um like i don't know the word um it's like balanced like yeah there's good points on both sides it's, but... it's like it's one of those good like uh to do uh, not to do it's like do's and don'ts list or yes no list you know it's yeah. like well this is why it doesn't work and like yeah this is why it does and like ah oh, fuck fuck oh yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it's like it's really interesting i um i read a lot of i love paranormal stuff it's um it's really cool maybe that's why i'm so scared about it like scared of it well, that's what I'm saying, because once again, it, it is that level of grounded. Like, as you like, you know, with the amount of times you could say it doesn't exist, there's enough things for you to be like, well, maybe it does. And because it's all, it's all surrounded in the idea of the unknown. And that's a big part of what this, where this movie lands. A lot of it is based around this sort of unknown. And because they grounded in history by using all these, you know, factual, actually reported scenarios, yeah. it, like, it, it does like 
and I guess it's the idea of that whole base on a true story gives you enough realism to make it horrifying. And just be like, what if this actually happened to me? Yeah, and like, you know, because, uh, you know, exactly. Well, there's that too, like, on a personal level, like, what if this happened to me? But then, you know, like, obviously there's some fantastical elements to the story, but then you you can't help but want to be like, well, what really happened? So you start diving into the information, yeah. like, you know, did this really happen? Did someone really get dragged across the room? Like, da, 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 da. like what footage can I find? What information can I find? You know. Oh, yeah, I've been looking up YouTube interviews with Ed and Lorraine Warren this yeah. afternoon. I was like, I need to know what they did. And, and like, how did... Because even they, even them themselves have been sort of uh, sort of uh, been surrounded in controversy around like yeah, trying to debunk them as well. Yeah, and I mean that kind of stuff. Science will always try to debunk the unexplained, and the unexplained will always try to debunk science. And mm-hmm. I guess that's just been going. Yeah, on it's like science versus belief. <laughs> like they're always at odds. Yeah. and like the I like when they can, um, you know bring in a non-believer and show them that this kind of stuff does happen or can happen or yeah because like, that's that's the turmoil that i have like you know i've got a science background i'm very logically minded but then there's always that because the best part of having a science mind it's all about what if and you know trying to you know so everyone thinks that scientists the idea is that you're fucking locked in like no because if we were no. locked in you would never get more information so the idea is you always have to be open like the whole point of a hypothesis is to test, to test something you've never seen exactly so the idea of like this in that like level of investigation that level of unknown is intriguing enough and then because you can't explain it, it makes your brain hurt more because you, you, know. <laughs> you want nothing more than a, an actual tested and trialed method of proving that something exists yeah because even watching the end of this movie i'm like because i was watching the credits i'm like man wouldn't that be something to experience but like, don't fucking say that because that'd be horrible i don't want to experience that shit <laughs> oh take that back yeah like, i just want to see it like by proxy you know i mean like because like that would be that would be absolutely insane to see that in person. Like I'm guarantee I would horror. Like I'd shut down afterwards. But yeah, you know, like yeah, no thanks. No, nah. <laughs> that's a no. Th- that's a no thanks from me. Yeah. My um my uh, nieces were asking us about Jesus one afternoon, and um, the eldest said, "Well, I don't believe in Jesus because blah blah blah." I've never seen him. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that, that's a good way to. Like, that's some. That's some straight science like logic, right? Yeah. Wait till you hear what the youngest said. Oh yeah. She said, "Well, I don't believe in dolphins because I've never seen one." Oh no! She next thing you know, she'll be one of those giraffe belie- non-believers. I was like, Luna, you went to the aquarium. <laughs> Either she's mocking the her sister. I don't know what she was trying to do. <laughs> You know, because like that's the thing. It's like, well, just because you don't know anyone that's that's got this virus doesn't mean that doesn't exist. You mean it's? Oh yeah, she, oh, she's a weird. Isn't she smarter? You know, she's you know more cynical above her time with like shutting oh, her system yeah, down. Oh yeah, she's very cynical. <laughs> yeah. you're I idiot. mean, like for a fucking four year old, I'm like Luna. Um, <laughs> you really got to stop hanging out with me and your mum. Because <laughs> my sister is a massive cynic, and so am I, and so is my dad. So like, Luna's got no hope. Yeah, might happen then. All right, so you know that we wrap this podcast up with me asking you what is the last horror movie that you watched? Uh, well, well, yeah, aside from The Conjuring, yeah, it's been a fuckload of YouTube and, yeah, uh, probably Hill House. Nice. What yeah. would you rate Hill House out of five? Oh, I, I'd give it like a straight four and a bit maybe. Like, I, 
smashed it and i loved it because it, it as i said it hit it hit a lot of the same beats in why i love the conjuring and then they wrap it in a really good character drama which is what i love yeah. and the fact that they give uh each each member of the family their own episode which allows them to really dive into what how they fit and then it also calls back to things we saw in other episodes and shut and then forecasts in so what's going to happen early you know in upcoming episodes and yeah it's like that interesting way of you know telling a story from end from end backwards yeah, I think um, they all did a fantastic job with that. And I wish that they had applied that same formula to Bly Manor, which I think they did in a way, but it just didn't hit the same notes that it did for Hill House for me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult sort of like follow-up idea. It's that whole sophomore album effect. Like if your first album is a killer. Well, they're not connected at all. Yeah, but I mean like even just that expectation. Oh, alone. yes. Like yeah. like like uh, True Detective. True Detective is brilliant. Season two, not so much because they couldn't yeah. really keep. They couldn't meet what season one did because like in the same. I, what I can presume with with Hill House, same as True Detective, or even using The Matrix as an example. They had so much time to really build up and work on it. Like they have all this extra time to really flesh it out, and then when you have to make a follow up in a much shorter window of time because you need to strike when the iron's hot. That's yeah. where that's where it falls short. It's like, oh. Well, Mike Flanagan has actually come out and said that he doesn't think that there will be any more um, hauntings of. Mm. Probably, the, yeah, probably a good decision. And I think that he did say something along those lines about how it's done. It's like run its course, yeah. and he's got other things to work on right now. So I was like, nailed it. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> stick burn on what you made. <laughs> But yeah, like outside of yeah, that like I yeah, it's just mo- it's mostly just watching YouTube's with my with my boy. YouTube's. Yeah. Nice. Right. So where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, YouTube primarily. So in terms in terms of the content that I make, I uh, mostly work within the games uh, and professional wrestling space. I have two podcasts, one called For the Players, the pop culture PlayStation podcast, and then my wrestling show called The Young and the Wrestlers, uh, which is the show that we have fun with the wrestling in the same way that we, you know, the cat here talks about horror and the fun parts of horror and the best things about it, not taking it too seriously. We do the exact same thing with wrestling. It's all about believing that it's real and we play our own version of little characters and we chew it all up as and have a lot of fun with the soap opera-ness of it um where the playstation show is more a sort of by the books playstation focused show where we, re- where we review games we play games we discuss things that happen within the world of playstation and it's and things that connect to it um yeah pretty much what i do yeah i'll pop your links in the uh episode description anyway appreciate it um don't forget you can find TGIF on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGIF Pod. If you love the podcast, please do go and subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. You've been listening to TGIF. Until next time.